with another episode of the Soccer Academy. We're down to the end of the Euros, sadly. It's been a fun ride. Uh, we're going to talk Copa America, because that has an incredible final this weekend. And Gold Cup starts this weekend. More USA soccer, which I'll never complain about. So, uh, Corey, how you doing? I'm good. I'm doing good. Are you ready to talk some soccer now that you have your absolute uh, target that man you have been going after for years now? Yeah, you know, I get to watch all the soccer. And on top of that, uh, man, you get one of the best players on the transfer market. So I could say I'm, I'm feeling pretty good. Uh, the only thing that could top off this whole summer of soccer is probably a USA Gold Cup win. And if England gets absolutely demolished this Sunday, yeah, Italy. we'll talk about that. We'll talk yeah. about it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't want to say it. I don't want to say it right now, but we'll get there. Yeah, we we will. Um, how was your little vacation, by the way, though? I know you went. It was on good. Vacation. It was good. Went down, stayed in a cabin in Indiana somewhere, and it was pretty pretty relaxing. So it was nice. Nice somewhere getaway. Off, somewhere off the beaten path, huh? Yep. Can't even tell you. Hey, those are the best kinds. Sometimes though, they are. It was very nice. So, uh, we'll jump right into it then. We'll start with the Euros. That's been the big one uh, that everyone's been watching. Everyone around the world's been watching the Euros. The final is set for Sunday. Let's go through. We'll go through the semifinal games. Um, We'll start with Italy in Spain. Went all the way to penalties. Uh, Spain or Italy wins in penalties after being tied 1-1 through extra time. What takeaways did you have from this game? Uh, Italy is shaky. And when I say that, I mean, they go from an absolute half or a stretch of 30 minutes where they will dominate the entire game where they'll attack the opposing goal, the entire 30 minutes. And then they'll have times where you think they're going to get scored on about three or four times. But I think that's kind of what their game style is or game plan is pretty well just defend for your life counterattack on the wings i mean i think they i want to say they play like a three five two or like a five three two so basically what they do is they basically have everyone come back defend and then once you get it cleared and one of your strikers or midfielders get it you run as fast as you can to the opposing team and then try and score off of that what they call it a counterattack it's very good play. It's just very boring to watch. Manchester United <laughs> plays that way. It's it's very frustrating, but it can be very effective. And so. scary. And scary. Yeah, it is scary. to give up chances. Um, I, the three-back has all of a sudden made a comeback in the formations uh, yeah. at the Euros. Like, nobody was run, doing a three-back formation, and Thomas Tuchel goes into Chelsea and does it and wins the Champions League, and now everybody does it. So whatever, I guess it's definitely different, different tactics we're seeing on, on hand, but yeah, I agree. Spain controlled this game. Yeah. Italy. And I kind of, I kind of saw that this was Spain Spain plays a bunch of like possession. So it was, you, you expected that, but like you said, I expected Italy to get better chance, more chances throughout the game because of their attacking talent. Um, but Props to them. They did exactly what they wanted to do in just taking the battering for some of the game. I don't, I think they probably gave up more shots than they wanted to. They gave up 16 shots. Um, 
I think they probably wouldn't going into the game. I don't think they would have liked that, especially because they only had seven, you know, like 30% possession. So I don't think they would have liked that if they would have heard that. Um, but a win's a win. And going into penalties, uh, Cialini was all yeah. over uh, Jordi Alba. And it was incredible. And at that time, it was like, okay, Italy's going to win this. Yeah. The, the a, mind yeah. games that went on of Cialini was hugging Jordi Alba and joking around with him and punching him because uh, Cialini didn't have to take a penalty, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I thought that was that was interesting. But I, I was not high on Spain coming into this tournament. Mm-mm. Uh, this team isn't as talented as other Spain teams we've seen, but props to them. They did it. Uh, they got to the semifinal. Pedri is incredible. Yes. Uh, the young midfielder who plays for Barcelona. He, uh, he played incredible all tournament long, a very good young player. Um, but I'm glad Italy won. I think Italy, the run they've put together this tournament, they deserve to be there. I think yeah. they uh, they've beaten a lot of good teams, too. Didn't they beat Belgium earlier? Uh, yeah, yeah. They Belgium they took out Spain. Belgium. Yeah. Um, so. so they they it hasn't been a cakewalk for them. Yeah, and going into that match, I think we kind of suspected that England was going to win against Denmark, which everyone knew because England's pretty well gifted this Euro final. But I think Italy stood the best chance of beating them, and I still think they will beat them. But I got to talk about Alvaro Morata, mm-hmm. this poor, poor gentleman. Uh, so he's had a rough spell. He's been with multiple clubs, I think four or five. He just can never be the starter. He can never be that guy. He can never put goals into the back of the net. Gets subbed on, I can't remember, 60, 70th minute. Yeah. Scores the goal to tie it, and he goes – He's flying on top of the world. Spain yeah. is rejoicing. They think, all right, we might actually win this. Ties go into overtime, no score. They go in a shootout. So Morata has to pretty well score to keep them alive and just misses it. And you can just <laughs> yeah. see, you can just see his soul just leave his body because he he let down his country. And he went from he absolute hero to zero within 30 minutes. And you just got to You just got to feel bad for the guy. I'll, I'll give it to him that he scored some big goals. They wouldn't have been there without him scoring yes. in the 80th minute. He also scored a couple goals earlier in the tournament. Um, I'm trying to think of who they were playing against. I think, um, I think he scored against Cro- their, their game against Croatia. He was a hero in extra time yes. there as well. He scored the game, the one to take the lead in extra time. So without him, who knows where they are. Um, so I got to give him that. But if you're a striker, you have to be better at putting away your chances. Yeah. And it's not like if you look at Timo Werner, I know we give him a lot of crap, but he does so much off the ball and creating for other people that you can give Timo kind of a pass. Marata's trying to play as a target man that scores all the goals that doesn't score all the goals. He's so, um, and then it's the same way like Roberto Firmino, he's not going to score a ton of goals, but at least he's going to create something for you. Um, and Marata doesn't bring that in a way that those guys do. So, um, I thought it was interesting though, for Spain, not starting him 
because they didn't even start really a striker during no not really so I don't know if it was they wanted to control the the midfield in possession which they did I don't know if that was why they did it but they didn't they didn't start a striker they had Danny Olmo up top um so and he's more of a of a midfielder he ended up with the assist to Murata but it was interesting I guess lineup decision to not play with a striker yeah it was I was kind of I think they played uh I can't I can't even pronounce his name. He's more of a winger. I think they played him in like a striker position. And you could tell that he's on the wing because they, him and just the entire Spanish team just missed a lot of chances where even if they touch it just closer to their body, they probably should have had a goal. So mm-hmm. they just they missed a lot of opportunities that they probably could have put into the back of the net. Yeah, ones that if you had an actual striker out there, yeah, he, he scores like even if it's Murata, like he's a striker for a reason. Like yeah. he'll put those chances. And he'll you give him a few good chances, he'll bury one. Yeah, exactly. Um, I don't know if we have much to say on on Italy Spain other than that. Yeah, uh, really. Italy's in the final after being after not qualifying for the last World Cup, by the way, which is incredible turnaround for that country. Um, which shows the U.S. that hey, we can have a quick turnaround in a few years here. Italy yes. in there in the Euro final. So yeah. that's good for us. Um, the other final, the other semifinal, England and Denmark. Denmark, the team that everyone loved to root for this tournament, not only because they're very likable, but because of what happened to Christian Eriksen uh, early in the tournament, obviously in the first game. And they scored early. England, before Denmark scored, Denmark scored in the 30th minute. Before that, it didn't really look like England was trying to score. No, they, it, it really didn't. Much, it was very much England status quo of we're going to pass it around the back. We're going to like, it, it was very what Gareth Southgate has been like ever since he got there it was very defensive style. Um, but then Denmark score and all of a sudden England are flying. They like hit back really quickly in the 39th minute. Um, and then obviously they get, they pretty much control the rest of the game. I was shocked they didn't score another before extra time. Um, but is there anything you want to add before we get to the to that call? Uh, no, I, it was that free kick that Denmark scored was one of the better ones I've seen. Yeah, it was and if, there's a lot more to it that probably the average fan didn't see, and that was that the three biggest people on Denmark, the I think it was the center backs, they blocked the vision of the English goalkeeper right before the kick. So the goalie wants to have as much vision in front of him as possible. And so right before, right as the whistle blew to go ahead, those three defenders moved to block division. I I think that caused a little confusion by Pickford, which led to the goal. Pickford got a hand on it, but it was just, that was too much pace on the ball. Hard strike. Yeah, it was hard. So right where it needed to be. Yeah, I've been knocking England for a while now, probably from the start of this tournament, and they might play the most boring soccer out there. Oh, it just, there was a period. Like I've seen I all was... the teams. I've seen all the teams, and they're just they're just boring. They There's play nothing so, exciting. They play so scared for a team that has yeah. that much talent, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. Whatever you're getting wins. Um, I was terrified um uh, during the italy italy spain game that we were going to have a spain england final 
Yeah. That was my worst nightmare because Spain is just going to lull you to sleep with their possession too. So it would have been a battle of two teams playing uh, just possession and trying to battle that. And it would have been very terribly boring and the casual fan would have hated it. Um, but I'm glad we have at least Italy that's going to spice up this this final, I think. Because, yeah. I, oh, I was so terrified <laughs> of Spain and England being the final. Like, I know it's two big countries name-wise, but it would not have been fun to watch. It, it would no, have been terrible. It's, it's a possession team in Spain and then just just not fun to watch soccer by England. I just don't know why, what it is, if they have I, – I don't know. The, yeah. I was actually excited when they brought Jack Grealish on because I was like, all right, well, yeah. Cool. Like he'll create chances. Grealish, and he did. Grealish should be starting every game. Yeah. That guy creates so many opportunities off his movement. And if you're not going to start Grealish, start Sancho, your new boy. Yeah. He's one of the only England players that's willing to take someone on on the dribble, as well as Raheem Sterling, who's been England's best player this year. Yeah, somehow. He's been incredible. Um, so, but speaking of Raheem Sterling, we'll get on to the call of the penalty, the penalty in the 103rd minute or so. It got called in the 102nd or so. Raheem Sterling, if he got touched, it was by a leg hair. Mm -hmm. And he falls down in the box. Ref calls it a penalty. VAR confirms it, even though the ref never even went. The VAR Mm -hmm. ref didn't even tell the other, the center ref to go look at it on the prompter on the screen, which is very mind blowing. First of all, and that big of a call, I don't, that's not a penalty ever. I, I haven't seen one person. That's not an English fan saying that that was a penalty. And to make that call in that big of a game in the semifinal of the euros and to give it that week of a penalty, I've seen worse this tournament that didn't get given as a penalty. Yeah. So it's it's very frustrating, especially as a neutral, to see that ripped from Denmark like that. Yeah, it's I just I was so shocked that A, they called it a penalty. Because usually if it's not definite, they will say play on and then they'll take a look and then overturn it as a penalty. Yeah. But the fact that they called it a penalty, VAR checked it, but they never went to the monitor. Like that was, they've checked every single probably foul this tournament through VAR and they didn't even check it. They didn't even go to the monitor that, yeah, it was a penalty. It, it just blew my mind that you called that penalty, which he was already falling down. Yes. And then he makes some type of contact per se and he gets the penalty for it. it. The Denmark player, um, uh, I'm, blanking on his name that that supposedly made the contact um he didn't even have like a a leg outstretched he had Mm -hmm. maybe just a little bit of like his foot in like a natural running motion maybe a little further out than normal but it was not by any means like a a tackle going no no i don't even think he meant to i don't I it, it baffled me seeing that, and it was so pathetic. Um, yeah, I, to give that just... to 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 England was was sad, and then of course it just feeds the the cockiness of England right now, of 
we own this tournament, blah, 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 even though you've never won it, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, maybe you should win it before you talk. It's, it's everyone besides English fans hate England right now. <laughs> that's so, true it's so true it is so frustrating i tweeted i said congrats to jordan henderson and only jordan henderson because yeah, i'm only that. happy for him just like you're probably like only happy for harry Maguire and shaw and rashford and sancho shaw sancho. Uh, rashford you're happy for your guys yeah but i'm so tired of england i hope they lose so bad i'm just tired of the fan base it's like the yankees or the red Sox of baseball they're just so annoying yeah here's the thing though the yankees and red Sox have won things that's true i would say a cowboys or more recently to the new york knicks yeah knicks knicks and cowboys to get a lot of media coverage everybody sees their games but they'd never won anything and they they act like they own the place um and it's always i never really hate a team i just want a team to lose because i hate their fans i guess yeah, hates and that's problem. how it is but the english fans are driving me nuts they're driving the whole world nuts that's why everyone's rooting for italy on sunday yeah. um and it's very frustrating i'm not blaming raheem sterling for drawing that penalty and doing that no he did what he had to do and it worked <laughs> um, yeah i mean that's just the game I'm blaming the know? refs i'm blaming the refs for a stupid decision that should have never been made mm-hmm so uh, if I have to hear it's coming home again for the a billionth time this week alone, I might just turn every piece of technology I have off. I'm tired of that song. I'm tired of hearing about it. It's just, it's so frustrating, especially with the semifinal and the final being played at Wembley. Yeah. They already have a home field advantage. It's, it's, it's Chiellini so annoying. Chiellini made a good point. He's like, ah, I thought England would make it here. They've played six out of their seven games at home. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, when you play at home at Wembley, you have an advantage. Um, yeah, and the draw that they had was forgiving, to say the least. Yeah, uh, it was. Yeah, so. It's, it's, it's very annoying. Um, final prediction, though. For Italy and England on Sunday, 2 o'clock, for those wondering, um, what's your prediction? I have to go with the team – that I have supported since probably the group stage after watching them run through their entire group. And I have to go Italy. I'm going to go two one with goals by Balotti and uh, uh, what's his name? Chiza Chiza. Oh, Chiesa. Chiesa. I think he'll score. And then I think Harry Kane will get one. So I'm going two one Italy. (laughs) It's coming to Rome. It's coming yeah, to Rome. Forza Italia. Um, Forza. Forza Ziri. Um, I, it's funny you said that because I'm actually going the exact same way. Um, <laughs> I thought of trying to make it interesting, but I can't. I This whole whole time this final has been set, I'm think, I've been thinking 2-1. Yeah. Um, I'm going 2-1 Italy as well. I think if I had to pick scorers, I would also go Chiesa, but I would probably go uh, Chiro Immobile for the other scorer for Italy. And then um, I think Harry Kane gets one or Raheem Sterling's bags another uh, because he's been incredible. Yeah, they've both been pretty good lately. But if you're not English, join us in rooting for Italy because (laughs) we've had it with England. Everyone's had it with England. Love your Premier League, but uh, never want you to win a trophy internationally, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I think we owe it to Italy. They gave us pizza and England gave us 
I mean, our country technically. I was, but, gonna, uh, I was we'll, like, well, we won't go. We, we won't go took, into that. We, we won't go into front, that. Yeah. We, we're like, nah, this you're not. Uh, you're not telling us what to do anymore. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> so then we could go on to the Copa America, played in South America. It's been pretty entertaining. <laughs> I love. There's like a finesse kind of to games over in Europe. And then whenever soccer gets played like in South America or like CONCACAF games between like us and Honduras, mm-hmm. or Costa Rica and stuff, it's like a completely different like grittiness. Like there's going to be a ton of fouls. I was watching the semifinal of Copa America um, on Tuesday, I think it was, when Argentina was playing uh, Colombia. The amount of fouls was incredible. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find the amount. Okay, there were 47 fouls <laughs> during the game. Yeah. 27 on Colombia, 20 on Argentina. Um, it was 1-1. Messy magic, absolutely the reason that uh, Argentina scored their one early. He had the assist to Laturo Martinez. Um, they went to penalties 1-1 as well. There's no extra time in Copa America. They just went straight to penalties. And the shit talking that, oh my that goodness. was going on was legendary. Um, Emmy Martinez, the Argentina goalie, was yelling at uh, Yeri Mina on Colombia the whole time. He placed the ball and backed up to take it. And Martinez was basically just like, I'm going to eat you alive. You're scared. Like, it was incredible. And it helps because there was no fans in the stands, which it sucks. I'd rather have fans. But being able to hear the talking was incredible. And then Messi even jumped in on it, telling uh, Yeri Mina after he missed the penalty uh, to dance now, basically. Like, hey, why why aren't you dancing? Um, So the ultimate trash talking going back and forth in this game, uh, mind games, (laughs) everything you could imagine. Mm Uh, Argentina advance 3-2 on penalties. And Messi gets his chance again at an international trophy. Yeah, I hope he gets it. Uh, who who they lose to last Copa America? Chile, I think. In Chile, a, yeah. Chile. Yeah. Or the Braz- it was a couple ago that yeah, won. yeah, something like that. So, yeah, I hope he gets it. Uh, he gets knocked a lot for not winning international titles. And yeah. like you said, though, the grittiness once you cross the Atlantic Ocean into the Americas is it's a whole nother ballgame. Like, <laughs> it is, it's you may physical. leave on a stretcher in it the first minute. Physical. Like, yeah, it is absolutely just gritty, grinding, everything. I mean, the trash talk. I mean, you'll see that every game in the MLS and – whatnot i mean just watch the usa mexico game i'm watching mls right now watching cincinnati and columbus and there's been a few dust stuffs already this game (laughs) exactly yeah (laughs) this is a rivalry game but yeah yeah, exactly so yeah i hope he gets it though um it's gonna be a tough challenge over zills obviously a good team they've been running through the tournament pretty pretty easily so I don't know. I'll be the first to say, unfortunately, that I have not watched a lot of Copa America. That's fine. And I think the reason is because Euro took it over. Mm-hmm. And I just – something about the – there's just not a lot of South American teams that, like, wow it's, me. I'll like, be I honest. Yeah. I'll, um, 
yeah, South America is kind of at a downturn right now. Yeah. Uh, Brazil is far and away the best team in that region. Um, yeah. Argentina doesn't even have the talent that they're used to. Uh, they still have Messi, obviously, which is a huge draw. And Messi can create, can will a team to a win, um, even if the team's not as great. Brazil is going to be favored. I haven't looked at the odds, but they're going to be favored against Argentina. Um, if you didn't, if you haven't seen Neymar's assist in their semifinal game against Peru, I absolutely encourage you to look it up. It's incredible <laughs> magic moment by Neymar where he dribbled past three defenders and nutmegged one <laughs> to before passing um, to get the goal, which is incredible. Um, so props to them props to Brazil. They're kind of, they've been expected to win this tournament, but it's very good for Fox and for uh, any casual soccer fan that Argentina and Brazil is the final. Cause we get Argentina, Brazil, we get Messi, we get Neymar, we get the storyline of Messi trying to win his first international trophy after trying for so long. I don't think it could have set up any better. Um, I, I, I want Argentina to win. I really do. I want, yeah. I want Messi to get that trophy, but I, I think Brazil is going to, I think it's going to be two, one Brazil would be my pick in this game. I, I want Messi to win so badly to just get that trophy to get people off his back. But which I guess people will never be satisfied. They're going to say it's not a real tournament or something stupid, but anyone who actually respects Messi and knows how great he is, hasn't been holding this against him anyway. Um, yeah. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to <clears throat> one Brazil just cause I think they're that much more talented. Yeah. The Brazil by far has the better team. And I think it'll just not be enough for Argentina to pull the upset either. So I'm going to probably go uh, – I'll go Brazil three, Argentina one. I, just, yeah. I don't think – I don't think Messi can lift not, – not saying he doesn't have the talent to bring him to a championship, but I just don't think it'll be enough. I don't think Messi – even it's... Messi couldn't do it. It shouldn't be held against Messi in the grand scheme no. of things, him not winning an international trophy. Soccer fans know that. It's just dumb conversation to have on Twitter that just gets people fired up. So that's why it's kind mm-hmm. of a narrative. Yeah. But it would be so cool to see him win an international trophy. He's, I mean, this is a guy who could have played for Spain internationally and he chose not to. And Spain obviously won a world cup and uh, among other things, but I hope Messi gets it. So I know you I do, do too. I, if yeah. I won't be mad if either team wins this game, but I'll be happier if Argentina wins and Messi gets that trophy. Yeah, I agree. I just want him to win one. I don't care what it is, but I just want him to win one. That way people can get off his back about it. Yeah. If you're not, once Copa America and Euro finals are over this weekend, the soccer is not over. It's never over. It never is. <laughs> MLS continues, first of all. But on Sunday, the Gold Cup starts for the United States men's national team. Um, first game is against Haiti on Sunday. And then we have some other games lined up. I know. Okay, so Sunday we have the Gold Cup starts Saturday. But our first game is Sunday against Haiti. Should win. Uh, that should be a W for us. And then Martinique on Thursday. 
And then on the Sunday following, we play uh, Canada. Quick note, though, about Canada. First of all, today, Alfonso Davies, who would have been the best player in this tournament, uh, hurt his ankle in training, so he's out for the tournament now, which is sad um, because I'm I'm going to my first uh, U.S. men's national team game, Corey. Oh, that's exciting. There on we go. the 18th against Canada. I'm going to that okay. game in Kansas City. So right. I was super excited. I'm still super excited. Um, it sucks that Alfonso Davies won't be playing, but it should be still a good game. I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, let me check my email and my mailbox to see if I got that invite to go. Uh, I'll get back to you on that though. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. The first two games, Haiti and Martinique, we should have no problems with. Haiti's a little tricky. We, in the past couple of games, we can't get them out. Yeah, we, we can't really figure it out against them. Yeah, but I think we'll win. I know the team that we are bringing is some say a C team, some yeah, say a B team. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think you can knock them on talent but you can knock them on their inexperience or youth yeah, uh just looking I at love that oh i do too i love getting these young players into these more important games that way if they do have success at a club level and they come play in the mexico game they're they're used to it they're used to playing in these big games against these tough opponents in the Concacaf. Yeah. Uh, just looking at this roster right now the most capped player i believe is it's Brad Guzan, but the outfield player will be Jossi Zardes. And he's got 12 goals. So if that tells you anything, then it's a young, inexperienced team who has not played a lot together. Can I say, can I say I am gonna be fury? I'm I'm fine with this team, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm fine with having guys like Donovan Pines off DC United, Miles Robinson from Atlanta United. I'm fine with that. Let's get these guys in, get them some experience. I love having Gianluca Busio call. Uh-huh. He's incredible. He's going to be playing in Italy very soon. Um, Eric Williamson from the Timbers. He was one of the best players on the uh, team that failed to qualify for the Olympics, but he was not the reason. Um, yeah. he was. He's a very good young player. Love, love, love Daryl DK getting the chance he should be the starting striker every game um matthew hoppy of course uh from mm-hmm. Schalke, who probably is going to be getting a transfer this summer as well a yes. lot of young promising talent that is going to have a chip on their shoulder to make uh greg burhalter not forget them when it comes to world cup qualifying but what I'm going to be very, very angry about, Corey, if Brad Guzan starts, <laughs> he starts a single game, I'm going to be ticked. I, I, w- I was baffled that he got called up. I don't think he should play unless he's needed through injury. Matt Turner should start every single game. Uh, I, I guess you could give Sean Johnson one or whatever, yeah. however it feels. Matt Turner should be starting every single game because Matt Turner Turner should be in the conversation for starting U.S. goalie, period. (laughs) Not just this team, but he is such an incredible shot stopper for the New England Revolution. He should be in the conversation for number two, I think, with Ethan Horvath. 
that we saw had an incredible Nations League final. Matt Turner should be the number number one guy on this roster. Um, and if he's not, I'm going to be very angry at Greg Berhalter, but that's fine. That's fine. Greg can be, Greg can make his decisions. Um, and I'm usually fine with whatever decisions Greg makes or Berhalter makes, but in a situation like this, I will not be happy if Matt Turner doesn't get some more reps as a U.S. goalie. Yeah. Uh, if Brad Guzon plays, then that means Sean Johnson and Matt Turner are hurt, which is never good. There's just no reason this guy should be playing, let alone on this roster. I, I don't know if they're bringing him in for experience, but Sean Johnson has been the third string goalkeeper for how many games, how many tournaments. So, but like you said, I think Matt Turner is the best goalie on this roster for the Gold Cup. What I will be more pissed off about <laughs> is that if Greg Berhalter plays these guys who have 10, 12, 18 appearances for the U.S. already, and he sits the people with zero, like John yeah. Luca Busio, like that guy could Busio, play. Busio yeah. should be starting every one of these games. Yes. Um, uh, Matthew Hopp should start. Dale DK yeah, should start. DK, if I'll tell you too, I'll add another one. I'll be very annoyed if Gias Zardes starts over Daryl DK. <laughs> I'll be yeah. Like we every game, giving, like every game, if he starts over, we we know this is what Zardes is. We know what he can provide. We're looking for a number nine for the future. And yeah, give Daryl DK these opportunities for the U.S. to to put some in the back of the net. Like yeah, exactly. Daryl DK is incredible. He was incredible over in England. He's gonna be incredible wherever the heck he goes next. Um, so I, the must starts for me are DK, Busio. Um, I think you've got, got to give Miles Robinson some some games, which he should. Just looking at our defense, our defense is kind of shaky. It um, is. I'm and, looking at it. It's not good. I'll Matt, be honest. In Matt Turner, those are the like three or four that they need to be the uh, pinned in for starting every game. And you, I could even be convinced that Eric Williamson belongs on that list too. Yeah, but the you thing probably about, want a little more experience in the midfield. If you have Busio, you're probably going to have Legette and maybe Roldan yeah. or Acosta. Yeah, I think you have to start Acosta, Legette, or Roldan at least at least one of them every game, and I'm they okay will. with that. They will um, Legette, because you Legette need you probably... do need some experience. Yeah, Legette will. This will be his tournament to prove, like, hey, I'm here. I need to be on this Greg roster. Greg Berhalter loves him anyway, so he'll he'll get called up. Yeah, for the World he'll get Cup called up either way. But but he. He is a, I like him. Um, he's a good, reliable guy to have yeah. in the midfield. So um, that's kind of what we're looking at U.S. roster-wise. Yeah, but with these forwards, I just want to see all six of these guys play. And like you were saying, we know what Jossie's artist can do. We've seen him 56 times. But he shouldn't start every game. He should. No. You should give Daryl DK, Nicholas uh, Giochini, Jonathan Lewis, Matthew Hopp, all these guys should get 60 to 70, 80 minutes a game. Mm -hmm. Bring in Zardes if you need another goal or if one of these guys gets tired or you want to save him for the next game. I just don't see why Zardes or – I mean, I like Areola. He's, he's good on the wing. But, like, Zardes should not be starting every single game. Jackson Yule might not start every game. As long as you play Busio and I want to see George Bello. He's a, yeah. I think, right. He's a wing back. So a, I want to yeah. see him play. Yeah. I want to see him as well. He's a very good young player. Um, yeah. I, I'm very excited to see Busio, though. 
Um, he's the too. guy that him and DK, when you see, when I see this roster, those are the guys that pop out. They're like, these guys are here. They're going to try and make their mark on this team. Um, if, if you haven't seen Busio play or DK, they both play in MLS. You can watch them every week. Um, but Busio, Busio is not going to be in Sporting Kansas City much longer, just like no. DK probably won't be at Orlando City much longer. No. Um, I'm very excited to go, though. I'm very excited to watch them play Canada um, in Kansas City. That's going to be a fun time. Uh, what, are, what are your expectations for this team for this tournament? See, that's that's my tough part. We are I we are playing a young team. And I think this is Mexico's tournament to win. They brought mm-hmm. a lot of experience. They brought their A team. They're still pissed off that we kicked their butts in absolute dramatic fashion. Yeah. And they're still salty about it. So they brought their best team to the gold cup. But beside that, I'm expecting the final. Especially, yeah. I hate I hate seeing Davies and Jonathan David off of Canada's roster because yeah. you want to see you want to go up against the best, you want to beat the best, and you want to see the best. But with that being said, I just don't see a reason why we shouldn't make it to the final. I really don't, we, and we might lose five nothing in the final to Mexico, but I'm okay with that because we're bringing a real young team. We want some experience for these guys, and we already kicked Mexico's butt in dramatic fashion so i'm i'm okay with it mexico's bringing their best team yeah which shows that they really want to win this thing um i agree though final should be the bottom line expectation make it to the final if we lose to mexico whatever but what a story that would be if this team beat mexico um chills just think about it how which you know that's just assuming both teams make it to the final whatever yeah uh, we probably shouldn't assume that because <laughs> yeah. things can happen, but a Mexico USA final in USA winning with this team would just set Mexico back. I think five decades, um, <laughs> which would yeah, be, it, they, were, they might just disband as a federation and just quit. Like yeah. if they lose to this team, it it's not going to be good down there. It, it, it won't, but it would be pretty incredible for us up here. So. It would be pretty <laughs> awesome. I will say, so, there will be a party for us, but I, I Canada's still a good squad though. They should make it um, out of the group, out of yeah. the same group as the U.S. We'll see what happens. But I think that's pretty much all we got, Corey. Unless there's any. Oh no, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, you got man. your, you got your boy. Let's go. Let's you go. Got your boy. I'm, I'm, I'm really sad. Um. Jaden Sancho, who Man United have been pushing for for like seems like forever now, finally got it done. You finally got it done. Props to Manchester United for getting one of the best young players in the world, I guess. Um, how do you feel? I mean, I feel great, honestly. And the best part is that uh, what what episode was it? it was two or three episodes ago i kind of gave you like a wish list of what i wanted and one sancho of them was, was on it. sancho was on it and then a good young center back and it, by my surprise after we signed sancho i was like all right this is cool we can be done we can sign some smaller players you know develop and whatnot manchester united are reportedly in discussion with real madrid over rafael Varane. And I am ecstatic about that. If, if it can actually, you know, come about because we've been trying to get Sancho for four years now. So probably the same thing for 
Veron. But I will be absolutely ecstatic if we get Raphael Veron. And big summer. Young Frenchman. I can't think of his name. Cavaminga. I think he's like a yeah, center defensive man. Yeah. yeah, he's, he's a. I think he's like 17, 18. Oh, he's very and playing good, for right. France's like first he's team. In, yeah, and he's in League Un right now. Yeah. So if we can get those three players, I mean, I I don't want to get ahead say, of myself. I don't. Be... I don't. But watch out for them Red Devils because they're coming. Kamavinga is eighteen now. Eighteen. So. But there's going to be a lot of competition for him. I'll tell you that there will be, uh, but that guy is incredible. Um, he is, he is, uh, he's something Liverpool yeah. of course signed uh Kanate from Leipzig, which I love. That's a good pickup. I pick absolutely. Sometimes I can't contain myself when I see a picture of Virgil van Dyke in training. <laughs> <laughs> this you, guy, you are his number one fan. I will say it. I, I've never met anyone more I was, excited. I was without this guy for a year. And it hurt every game watching nothing against Nat Phillips. Big respect to what he did for our team. I watched Nat Phillips and Reese Williams go out there and Henderson as go out there as a center back and Fabinho go out there as a center back. Of course, I absolutely love this guy. Have you ever <laughs> I, seen uh, Phil Jones and Marcos? Marcos Rojo start a yeah. game for your team? <laughs> no. Yeah. Welcome to the club, like, pal. All I right? imagine it's like the same feeling. No, it's but, terrible. But whenever just having him hurt all year, just going through everything Liverpool went through, I miss Van Dyke so much. And the fact that we get him back this year, it's going to be like getting a, a, a transfer in for our team. Um, and all of a sudden we're inserted back into the Premier League conversation of possible champions. So, so we're rolling with it, you know? Um, I'm super excited. Liverpool has been in the conversation with Renato Sanchez from Portugal as well. So we'll see what happens. A lot of these are just conversations right now. A lot of them never happen, but it's fun to speculate. Um, So we'll see. Um, Transfer season is upon us, and they're really going to ramp up now that Euros is going to be over. Yeah. Transfers are going to start flying. Especially as we get closer to the beginning of the season, which is like a month away, by the way. We're like just over a month away from the new Premier League season. So we have to do a preview show for that um, sometime. But don't ruin Jaden Sancho. Uh, as a Dortmund fan in, in Bundesliga, please, please, please do not ruin Jaden Sancho. I mean, with Ed Woodward <laughs> and Ollie. Solskjaer running the show. I can't promise you anything, Dalton. Trust, and you know this. We may Solskjaer. just I trust yeah, we, I, I do too for now. But you just never know with the man you weigh. We still might start Mason Greenwood ahead of him. But you, you know, know, I I'm just gonna, I don't I'm gonna know. say I trust man you here. They've wanted Sancho for so long that I think it's a ah, oh, we finally have this guy. Let's just play him every Let's game. Let's just play him every game. <laughs> yeah. FA Cup first round against F- exactly. Yeah. Sancho, you're playing. We wanted you so bad. You're playing. Yeah. Um so I yeah. I could I could get behind, you know, I I'll, I'll root for Sancho to do well, but not well enough to where he leads you guys to wins. Um I hope you can accept that. All right, fair enough. No, no, I accept that. I just you know it'd be a damn shame if Virgil van Dyke was never the player he used to be. Oof. You know? I can't wait till you cannot score. Against I just cannot wait until that guy. Because guy's... Van Dyke is dominating. 
on the sideline because he probably tore his ACL again. Oh, come on now. Don't put that uh, on No, I'm just I, – I, I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to do it. But <laughs> don't put that on him. Don't put that on Sancho. Don't put that on us either. Hey, uh, I didn't I didn't put an injury on him. It's true. I would never <laughs> – I never wish for an injury. Come on. It sucked for the whole Premier League when Van Dyke went down. <laughs> it, it sucked. Was, it was pretty fun watching you stress over a loss to Ashton Villa. Hey, now. Well, that wasn't pretty... stressing the first game against Aston Villa because they <laughs> beat uh, 1-7-2, but uh, no stress there, just pain. So, <laughs> Fair enough. There will be, more, there'll be yeah. more There'll be more joy in this upcoming season, I hope. Let's hope. For so, your sake, let's hope. Yeah, for my uh, mental um, – for my mental – I don't know, whatever, my mental health, I guess. Yes. So uh, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Yeah, we're, <laughs> have, we're getting off. Have fun watching – the Euros, the Copa Americas, the Gold Cup. And then we're back with the club season in a little over a month. So there will be a premiere uh, uh, preview episode coming to that. To where we'll discuss everything coming up around the world in Bundesliga, Premier League, everything else that goes along with it. So I'll talk to you next time, Corey. All right. Can't but wait. Until then, I'll catch you later. Peace.